Welcome to the Destination Kingdom Podcast, where one friend sharpens another. And culture meets Christianity. I'm your host, D. And I'm Key. Welcome back for another episode of Destination Kingdom. We are a bi-weekly podcast hosted by two friends, D and Key. And we're on a mission to make sure culture and Christianity meet because you cannot impact what you are not a part of. Let's get into this week's episode. <laughs> hey, y'all. So, look, as y'all know, we are thick into Black the Stigma of Black Girl Magic series. We are in here. We're ready. We have our first guest speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, we're going to be focusing on spiritual boundaries and what that looks like. So we had to bring in somebody on the spiritual realm because, you know, we ain't all the way there yet. (laughs) Okay, listen, y'all know we give a little here and there, but y'all know we're a work in progress. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So we have the lovely Reverend Dr. Jada Harris. Um, Thank you so much for joining us, Jada. Oh, I am so excited. Thank you so much to allowing me to come into the friendship circle, y'all, and to be able to talk to y'all. I'm super happy. Yes, 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 yes. So we do have to give you a formal introduction to the real friends. Welcome, Reverend Dr. Jada Monet Harris, who is an MD. Okay, she is one of a kind. Miss Dr. Reverend Jada Harris graduated in 2012 from Spelman College with a master's in medical science and a doctorate in medicine from Morehouse School of Medicine. Come on, Black Excellence. Yeah, all the Black Excellence, okay? Okay, she is currently a family medicine doctor at Kennestone Hospital in Marietta, Georgia. Um, Dr. Harris is also the youth director uh, of the youth ministry at Jackson Memorial Baptist Church. She's the founder of Medical Mentors, and she's also been named a National Medical Fellow by the United Health Foundation. Come on, accolades. Come on, accolades. Hello. Come on now. (laughs) She's a passionate young woman. Yes, she is, with over-the-top charisma. Um, And she believes that God is the most creative father there is. And because we are made in his image, we too possess overflowing creativity. She's also the vice president of Promote Christ Entertainment, a Christian nonprofit set to spread the gospel to a new generation of believers. She's the founder of Born to be Blessed, which is the only Christian homecoming event in the Atlanta University Center. Hello, AUC, if you are not familiar. Um, however, above all of her many accolades and accomplishments, she is the daughter of the Most High God and a passionate friend of Christ. Dr. Harris believes that through Christ, all things are made possible and perfect and that his infinite love gives us the power to overcome the world. Thank you so much for joining us today, Reverend Dr. Jada. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I am so happy to be here. Yes. And you guys, like, we're reading her bio, but just speaking on a personal note, because we do know Jada for real in real life. Um, <laughs> uh, Jada, that part about her over the top charisma and just like her creativity and just, I mean, just being like a breath of fresh air whenever you're in her presence. The Holy Spirit is definitely moving in Jada and with Jada at all times. And I mean, like that part about like giving back to the youth and having her nonprofit. Like I've been to some of Jada's events and I have been to, you know, I volunteer with Jada. Um, Denitra and I have, you know, talked to Jada several times and stuff. So like 
Everything is true. Everything. Okay. <laughs> the Holy Spirit speaking. Okay, through Jada. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, always a pleasure. Always a delight. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys so much. I am very excited for this. <laughs> Look. So we're gonna go ahead and get into it. Go ahead. Do you want to ask the first yeah. question? So we have about four or five questions. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let me turn up my little volume. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, um, well, actually, I know we lying. <laughs> so before we even get started into the questions, we usually do a segment called the Thing About It um, segment. And so the whole thing that sparked this series and the thoughts on boundaries and different areas of your life. Um, was Naomi and Simone in the Olympics and how they chose to prioritize their mental health. And as Black women, they were kind of stigmatized for putting their mental health first um, and sitting out on parts or all of the Olympics. So for the thing about it on this episode, we'll kind of just get your thoughts on that and then we'll dive into the questions. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was so cool. So I heard it on the first episode when y'all talked about it. And I think it's so relevant because we're the hardest working group in America. Um, We're the hardest working on the job. We carry the weight without getting the pay. And we're used to saying yes to every assignment and everything because we think we're climbing a ladder. Um, We're the hardest working in family so many times. We enjoy taking on the, the burden of being the backbone of the family, even though biblically it was supposed to be a man's job. Um, We do it generation after generation. Uh, We are the hardest working in society because we work against the current time and time again, um, and we still compete. So not only are we swimming against the waves, but we still end up meeting the end point at the same time as our counterpart. And because of that, we are uncomfortable as Black women saying, I need a timeout. Because it makes us feel that we're as weak as what people deem us from our from our beginning point. Mm. So I was actually super proud of those. They're so young, but I was super proud of those young ladies because I'm just like, wow, if they can do it, then we can do it too. I can do it too. Like when I see my counterpart complain about her small schedule and I'm like, I mean, I did that last holiday season like it was nothing. I can be like, mm, it's not good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mental health is not good for mine. <laughs> I won't be working overtime. I won't. And it, I feel like it empowers us because not only did they go through it, but people ridiculed them and they're still successful. Mm-hmm. Like we got to see the aftermath too. Of course, they kept threatening them like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do this. You're going to lose this endorsement. You're going to lose this endorsement. And we all saw them at the Met Gala, like still gallivanting, still living their life. And so there is life on the other side of no. And I think they taught us that. Mm, I love that. that there's life that beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, so I think it was needed for us as African-American women to see it done so that we can start just living in it and being comfortable to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you put it so eloquently. <laughs> Man, I think Jesus. <laughs> that part, that part. <laughs> so, look, we'll dive right into our first question. So... What do you think 
given all of that, boundaries look like in the spiritual realm? All right. So I was trying to think about this spiritual boundaries. And I feel like to like have the conversation, you sort of have to go back to the Genesis. Like you have to go back to the book of Genesis and see like what God, like what were boundaries that God set forth for us in the beginning. And the very first boundary came at the beginning of the book. It was probably, I think it was in the first chapter he established mankind, right? He said, in the beginning, I created this, I created that. Like he went through all those seven days. On the sixth day, he created man and woman, right? And he told them that they had access to the entire world. Literally, he was like, every fruit, every leaf, every tree, every animal, like you have dominion and power and everything is all yours. You have everything. And then in chapter two, he's like, the only thing you don't have is the tree of of knowledge of um what is it good and evil and evil right so that was the only thing that he put a boundary around so when god created us he created us with infinite access and only one boundary and the enemy came in in chapter 3 of genesis and literally made that one boundary look like it was going to stop us from experiencing everything great Mm-hmm. And that was the original sin, the breaking of God's boundary, mm-hmm. right? And from that moment, it changed the fabric of how humanity um, moves forward. It really changed the fabric of humanity. It changed how the earth produces fruits. Now it has to strive to um, produce fruits. We have to work for it. It changed animals. Like we don't have that type of kinship with animals anymore, Um they eat us, we eat them. Like it's, we're in contention with one another. It changed the relationship between male and female, just breaking that one boundary. Now we're striving for husbands. Every conference we go to, they're telling us, you can get a husband, you can get a husband, but they don't teach men that, no, you need to learn how to get a wife. Like, you know, it changed the boundary. Literally breaking one boundary, breaking one spiritual boundary changed the fabric of mankind. And I think if it's taught like that, then we would really understand that spiritual boundaries are the basis of our faith. And the world tells us that we can break them day in, day out, and there's nothing but grace. But the truth is, in breaking these spiritual constructs that God has set forth for us in the word, we really do change the original intent mm. for our life moving forward. And it doesn't mean that he deems, uh, he sends us to hell. It doesn't mean that he ruins our lives because he's gracious. He's a gracious God. But the original intent is shifted. Um, and so I think spiritual boundaries are is an important concept. And it's definitely something we should dive into. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yeah, I think it's important. We gotta, we gotta get into it. We gotta get into it. <laughs> yes, I'm like, look, she went to Genesis, and I said, "Ooh, she the first boundary, first boundary, the first boundary." We like cracked it open and just act like it was nothing. It changed yeah, everything, and been breaking them ever since. Been breaking them ever since. <laughs> ever since. Like when you think about it, you're like, dang, he started and we just ain't never stopped. We just never, I mean, it was such a monumental thing. And I feel like in church, we sort of skip over it. Like there's never really a sermon that's just like, oh, let's talk about 
how we don't respect God's boundaries. Oh, mm-hmm. let's talk about how we came to be the way we are. I feel like there's never a sermon that's about original sin. I think it's just something that's taught in Bible class. And we just know that, oh, there's Adam, there's Eve, and they did this. And so life is the way it is. But if we understand the, like, when I say fabric in a science, when we think about science, like molecules and atoms and things like that, water is water, right? It's H2O. It's always going to be H2O. It's never going to change. However, if you put it in a different situation, like you freeze it, it becomes ice, mm-hmm. right? And if you put it in heat, it evaporates and becomes steam. Yes, steam. Yes, water. Yes, ice are all usable, but the original intent is going to be different. Mm-hmm. For steam, it may replenish my face and like make me feel some type of way, but it doesn't quench me like water, right? Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. ice, Yes, it may cool me down, but it also freezes. It's not going to quench me like mm-hmm. water. And I think that's what happened in the beginning. Like when God created the heavens and the earth and he created mankind, we were in his image. He was excited for what we were about to be able to do on this earth. He was ecstatic that he was going to have this like cohabitation with man and woman and be this like circular unit of love. He created us in his circular unit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit himself. He said our image. He didn't say my image. Um, And I think what breaking that boundary did, it literally changed our atoms to be like, yes, you're still H2O, but now you're in a different form. So now you have a different purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what spiritual boundaries breaking spiritual boundaries, that's the impact that they have on our life. And I think it's unpopular to say that in our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody want to do the whole like, oh, I'm good. Like grace, his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Like, I, and I'm not trying to have us go back to the old school where it was like, you were scared to do anything. Like yeah. everything was a sin. You breathe wrong. It's a sin. God is a God of grace and balance. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, man, look like, no, on this, you can't do that. And it's just mm-hmm. like the Israelites, right? Like they sinned, they broke boundaries by worshiping other gods. They, they, you know, disrespected Moses and all that kind of stuff, but God still blessed them, but they did have to be disciplined for that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the original Israelites didn't see the promised land. Yeah. Moses got mad. He broke them tablets. <laughs> and, and when I say tablets, y'all, I'm not talking about like tablets. How we, <laughs> we got to read the concrete. The yeah. concrete the stone. <laughs> right. And like he broke those and the promise still came forth. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Moses and the original Israelites, their children got to, but they didn't get to see the promised land. And yeah, I mean, it changed. I think we think about sin and we immediately jump to grace because it makes us so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because I, I, I'm a simple person. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When I think about sin, I'm just like, oh, get to the chapter of grace, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't stay here too long. Like, it's a lot <laughs> for me to take in because I know myself. I am a fallen creature. I really I mean, every day I need forgiveness for multiple, like a multitude of things. But I think when we grace is not an excuse, it's something that empowers us. 
And I think in culture, we're taught that grace is like an excuse mm-hmm. to ignore boundaries, like our spiritual boundaries. And I just feel like, then what's the point of the Holy Spirit? Because he reminds us of those spiritual boundaries. And once you understand the magnitude of breaking boundaries, not saying the magnitude of sin, we know the magnitude of sin um, is the reason that Jesus died on the cross. But the magnitude of breaking boundaries, when you see that things shift like that a generation, not only did they not walk into Israel, did they not walk into their promised land, but generations after them still didn't understand when they saw Jesus Christ. They couldn't graft it. Like, you know, and that started back then. And because of that, it took Gentiles to come in and to fulfill the ultimate promise. And so what I'm saying is God's going to get what he's going to get done. I just want to be a part of the number. And I sort of want to do it the original way. Like I want his original intent for my life. And it takes a lot of accountability, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You have to have people in your corner Um, that are not only spiritual, but see what God sees in you. Mm. And not all your friends can do that. Like, you know, they have to be Mm -hmm. able to see what God sees in you to be like, oh, you're shifting. Like, you know, like not just like, oh, you're changing, your attitude's different, your language is different, you're cursing more. No, like literally you're shifting. Like you're shifting from what God wanted for you. And I don't know why, like, let's talk about it. What's happening And I think that's what spiritual boundaries are. The Holy Spirit really um, does a solid job of trying to protect us from different spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that sometimes we lay those boundaries down. I know myself, sometimes we do it to fit in. Sometimes we do it because we're uncomfortable with the level in which God has called us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we do it out of just honestly not knowing any better. Um, and then sometimes we do it out of just being tired. Like, um, God says to faint not, but in this world, sometimes it's really difficult Mm -hmm. and life will bring you seasons that are harder than others. And you get tired, you get wiped out. You've been a soldier. You're waiting to see your victory and you're exhausted. And out of that exhaustion, if you are not surrounded by people that's about to like zoom down and pick you up out of your exhaustion, you you start to break every spiritual boundaries because out of exhaustion, I feel like sometimes we lose trust in his plan for us. Mm-hmm. And when you don't really trust it, any type of serpent can come in and be like, nah, you can eat the apple. <laughs> you can eat the apple. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that happens a lot. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I know we all can relate to being tested on this level. (laughs) Yes, I can totally. I mean, I've been there. I feel like it it happens. Um, But spiritual boundaries are, like I said, it's super important that we discuss them. Um, And I think it starts in the word. The word gives us our boundaries, but the Holy Spirit sort of establishes them and tries to aid in us keeping them. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about that? You're like, um, girl, you're not supposed to ask questions. No, <laughs> no, because you actually went into the second question. That's exactly, what I'm exactly. Wait, really? Yes, because you went into how you can. Um, the question was so real, France. The question was for the second one. Um, how can you establish healthy boundaries? And so <laughs> that's why we were smiling. Like, mm, go ahead and answer that question, girl. <laughs> but I agree. Like. 
um, when you get into your word, like everybody has like this, I feel like this like blanket thing of what the boundaries are, right? But like, what does that look like for you? Like exactly. how it looks for me and how I'm able to apply it in my life may be different from Reverend Dr. Jada, or it might be different from D. Like, but the fact is we all have these boundaries, but how we implement them may be different, right? And then also understanding too, like different seasons calls for different boundaries. They mm-hmm. shift, right? Like, you know, in the word it says, when you were a child, you thought as a child, you did childish things, but now you're you're a woman or you're a man, which is what it says. And then like you put away childish things. So as you're growing deeper in your faith and as you're growing deeper in just understanding who God is and the father that he is, like certain boundaries, they're not really boundaries no more. It's just like, brother, I don't have an interest in that no more. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. need a quote unquote boundary because I don't want that. My taste isn't the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I could say, I think there was a, hmm, I wouldn't say a time in my life, but it's definitely something that I struggle with. The higher, the higher that guys brings me, like the higher the call, the more I'm a little uncomfortable. Like, I feel like, eh, why is it? Why is this boundary here? Like you know, like it doesn't really align with who I was. If you get what I'm saying, um, will my friends be comfortable with this new boundary? Um, will I be comfortable with this new boundary? And a lot of times I'm not. I feel like there are a lot of instances where I'm just like, man, I see what you're doing, Jesus. I didn't really ask for all that. <laughs> I didn't. And I sort of don't want the responsibility of maintaining this boundary. Like mm-hmm. I can, I feel like I can do it right now, but I don't want the responsibility of maintaining this spiritual boundary. Cause I feel like your spiritual boundaries grow as you mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, before I was able to sing anything, do anything, dance anything, uh, be anything, hang with anything anybody and anything. And I feel like the closer I get and the more responsibility that comes my way, my eyes are open to like those boundaries because when I cross them, I'm not saying that anything negative happens, but I am saying that like my spirit, sometimes Mm -hmm. the spirit doesn't even allow me to. Mm -hmm. Like um, for instance, and I hope this doesn't go into like um, a different episode, but mental health is really important to me And so I am a medical doctor, but before you can practice on your own, you are a resident. So if you watch Grey's Anatomy, that's literally what my life is right now. So (laughs) I don't make my own rules. I don't make my own schedule. I do what people tell me to do. I'm like the bottom of the totem pole, right? Um, And it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous. It's not cute. I'm tired all the time. I feel like nobody understands my work and nobody really understands my life balance because when I'm not working, they're just like, Hey, where are you? And I'm like, I just want to sleep. Like mm-hmm. that's where I am. I'm sleeping. But with this job, I just felt my whole first year of residency, I was negative. Like I was the mm-hmm. most negative human. I could, it was so hard to thank God for little things. Like every time people mm-hmm. would call me, I would take it as an opportunity to complain about my career choice. Um, that was the honest truth. That would be like, man, I chose the worst career. I hate this. Like the fact that I have to call people in the middle of midnight, like this is just crazy. There's no, cause I felt like I had no personal boundaries between me and work. And mm-hmm. so I just became the most complaining negative human ever. Um, and then I went into being depressed. Like it was mm-hmm. almost like it was synonymous. Like I started complaining, started being negative, bam, then I was depressed. 
-hmm. And it became more so my character. Like people expected to hear um, negativity from me, which I think if you guys think about how you know me, you'll be like, wow, that's so different. But Mm -hmm. it, it was it was who I was in that year honestly. Um, And so stepping into this second year of residency, because our year starts every July, um, I can't even say it's something I did. That's why I love Jesus so much. It's literally like the Holy Spirit was like, stop. Mm -hmm. It was like, stop. And it took a young woman of a total different faith than me. She worships a total different God than me. She's from a total different culture than me. And she pulled me aside and she was like, I feel like you're changing. Mm. Like I feel mm. like the person I met at the beginning of residency is actually not the person that's standing in front of me. And I don't know what you have to do to get back. And I was like, maybe read the Bible. And she's like, <laughs> okay, maybe a Bible. You could <laughs> yeah. have a different faith. So she's like, maybe a Bible, but whatever it is, you got to get back to the girl I met before we started working, you know? Um, And that was the biggest wake up call I've ever had. And I know it was God. And it was in that instance that I made a choice to put spiritual boundaries around who I let in my ear too. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. I'm going to be more positive, that means you can't talk negative about the job to me. Like we can't Mm -hmm. do it together. Mm-hmm. If you could look, if you complain about your work schedule, I know it's going to trigger me to start complaining <laughs> about my work schedule. So we can't have that's not the type of conversations I have with them. Mm-hmm. When people start complaining about my program, because we have residency programs. So when they start complaining about how much they're working and how so and so did this and so and so did that, and we're in the worst place and all this other stuff, I actually pick up, not even in a rude way. I say, hey, y'all, yeah, I got to go take care of patients. Pick up. And I moved to a whole different part of the hospital and I do what I have to do. And that was a spiritual boundary that I really think saved my career. I was going to quit medicine after these three years. I signed a contract, so I had to do what I had to do until my contract was over. But I had no intentions to actually be a medical doctor Mm -hmm. after I was done with my contract um, because of my year. And not because anyone did anything negative to me is because I just allowed negativity to be my norm. And after God allowed that young woman to speak that to me, the Holy Spirit just literally like there's different things. I would read the Bible before I go to work. I would play it on my phone. Like, you know, I just play it in the car Mm -hmm. or I would pray before I go into a shift and just be like, Lord, I hate working nights, but just help me. Um, And I would reach out to people and instead of complaining to them, I'll be like, hey, do you mind praying for me for this? Like, you know, just being like, do you mind? Like, this is something that I'm having trouble with. Just um, pray over me for this particular thing. And y'all, I love medicine. And it's so crazy to say that because I was going to (laughs) quit. But I love medicine. I love being at the hospital. Now, am I going to say 16 hours? No, by 16 hours, I'm going to be like, look, y'all don't have to pay me extra. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still going to make you pay me. Um, yeah. But I enjoy doing it. And I feel like protecting my mental space was a spiritual boundary. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something the Holy Spirit established. So, um, yeah, one of the ways you can do it is honestly being in a place sometimes when we're so low, God will send somebody to sort of establish it for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, 
Look, that accountability. This and that's not always a friend. It's somebody it's not that always knows friend. your character. It's not always a Christian. Yeah, that that part. <laughs> and you know, if they can tell you, then you really. Yeah, that means I was wilding. <laughs> that means I was just like on fire. Like, call who back? Okay, <laughs> it is seven o'clock. I'm not, back. I'm not going back to the room. Like, you know, I was wild. Look, <laughs> it's cool. Look, it's, it's relatable, child. And I think we can definitely relate it to the fact, like, as you are called to different seasons of your life, like, different spiritual boundaries come into place. Like, we had to learn that with our podcast, certain things we used to do, like, we're just uncomfortable doing it now. It's mm-hmm. not the same. It's like, okay, like, God has called me to minister through a podcast and do these things. And it's like, okay, but in that, now I have more convictions about other things that I used to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that, ooh, that one is a, that's a huge one because that means you're accessible to other people. And I used to, especially because we're young. So my, when I was younger, even younger than this, my biggest thing was, no, they shouldn't watch me. They need to watch Jesus. Like, <laughs> I didn't sign up to be watched. I didn't sign up to wear certain clothes. I didn't sign up to be anyone's anything other than somebody, like, giving them Christ. Mm-hmm. But in the word, word, it literally does say that if, you, if you're a watchman and you don't watch your sheep, like, you pay an ultimate price for that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's weight. Oh, child, there's so much weight in being a watchman. It's a huge responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And Lord knows it comes like your eyes are open to boundaries like it's never been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, for for this position in ministry that you guys have taken on, it really is going to take the Holy Spirit because man can't do it alone. Yeah. I'm just trying to accept that you call this a ministry because <laughs> Demetria knows that. And Jada, you know that too. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ministry. Minister in different forms. No, I know, I know it's just the word. Like <laughs> the word. The word. but it's Right, because it's like, like y'all just talked about, like all the weight that comes with that. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't want nobody's blood charged in my hands. You know, it. it should be charged to their hands. I don't know why. <laughs> that part. That part. That part. But you know, like the Bible calls us to be an example. Like we are the light. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, I mean, also too, I guess I have to constantly remind myself, like I'm a light. I'm not perfect. Yeah. The light doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. The light yeah. just needs to shine. And then God will make the light hit the areas, the dark places mm-hmm. that it needs to hit. That's, That's not my cool. job. My job is just to shine. And by shining, like you said, it's listening to the Holy Spirit. And for Jada, can you talk a little bit about, um, or are we totally off the questions, but can she you didn't answer them? She didn't <laughs> answer them. <laughs> I'm like, that was God. God was working in the midst. Everything, literally. So, but one of the things, like, for our real friends who might be struggling to, like, have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, like, what does that look like? Because I know, like, a lot of times, Dee and I have even said, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But for our friends that are on a spiritual journey of trying to figure out how the Holy Spirit speaks to them, or if it's them, or it's their their mind, or is this the whole, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give us some some tips on that 
Yeah, so that's actually a really good question. Um, I feel like every newer Christian or someone that's just starting out in their close relationship probably has that question. Like, what do you mean you talk to God? Or what do you mean the Holy Spirit talks to you? Like, what is this? Um, and I feel like it shows up in different forms for different people because it did the same way in the Bible. Um, some people saw it through dreams. Um, some people had audible language with God. Um, some people had experiences where different things happened and things were answered and they knew it was God. Um, and so for me, I can only speak to my personal experience. The Holy Spirit leads me. I mean, he just, he has to use a lot. I have ADHD, so he can't really stick to one thing because I'm everywhere. Mm -hmm. So one human beings, I mean, he will mm -hmm. use a human to really speak. I will say to my mm -hmm. early Christians, be, I don't want you to run out and just accept everything any human says as the Holy Spirit. So I'm always really cautious of how I say this. But when someone is speaking, they have no background as to what they're talking to. You haven't divulged a bunch of information to them. And what they're saying is on par to a prior prayer. Maybe you didn't pray it yesterday. Maybe you didn't pray it today, but it's been prayed 10 semi years before or at some point, and it aligns with spiritually what you know, then that's God. You know, mm -hmm. um, I do think in our culture, we like as blacks, we take what people say and we be like, oh, that was Jesus speaking to me. I, I don't want you to think that's true. But if you can, like I said, this young lady from a different culture, from a whole different faith who don't know me other than a year before to say those things to me, that is nothing but the Holy Spirit. So sometimes he, he speaks through people. Um, a lot of times for me, he would speak through the word of God. So I would be talking. I used to journal. I know, Key, you journal. And mm -hmm. I know you used to journal. So we like. Okay. I know my assignment. Okay. <laughs> no, but um, so. I used to journal too. So I would journal out like these like long prayers to God or these conversations, to be honest. Um, and then when I would go to the word, the Holy Spirit will literally open up that thing that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and so it wouldn't be like an answered prayer, but it would be like a look at the situation. It aligns with yours. Move like this. Mm -hmm. um, and that every time, every test I ever took, it's because I cried out, I prayed out. I whimpered, like literally everything. And when I went to the word, he was like, either be still, take, like, do move forward, mm -hmm. stop circling around, like commands were giving through the word. Um, and that's how the Holy Spirit speaks as well. So through the word of God, um, he definitely speaks. Um, for some people, I have, I have not had an encounter where I heard the audible voice of God, but if it's something that you desire in your life, I feel like pray about it and see God move in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I ha have had visions though, and that has been very almost astonishing to say because it's so supernatural um, and it's refreshing because it's just like, wow, like you're still do like everything you did in the word, you're still doing, you're mm -hmm. still doing. So there's multiple ways that the Holy Spirit can speak to you. I just say, be open to receive, be open to receive. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and if if sometimes if you hear someone speak something to you, you're not sure it's God, you can go back and pray on it mm-hmm. and ask God to, t- Lord, is this from you? Mm-hmm. Is this what you would have for me to allow into my spirit? And mm-hmm. he'll have other ways to confirm it. Like Jada was saying, like you might randomly read something in the Bible or, you know, randomly see like I, for me personally, like God, it's like repetition. That's how I know it. Like it's solid. Like it's from him. Cause like I might hear it and I'm like, oh, okay, this is a good point. And I might see something or what, like, you know what I'm saying? Or I happen to be in the Bible or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, repetition is what Kiara needs. Cause she don't, she don't trust. So repetition, <laughs> I gotta repeat myself. Mm-hmm. What about you, D? Yeah, I think for me, like it shows up in different forms. I've definitely had dreams. I've had um, where I heard a voice and I knew that it was nothing but God because I felt I was in his presence. And that's what I needed in that moment. And that's how he showed up for me. (laughs) Um, But anything, even hearing it through other people. And sometimes it's like he's already told me that. But then he sends me other people so that I get it. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's actually confirmation. (laughs) Um, But I will say like, when I was younger, like people used to walk up to me randomly and say like, oh, you are going to be this and you're going to be that. And a lot of times it would freak me out. And so one of the things that I learned was to say, God, if that's your will, mm. and I usually say it immediately, if they want to pray over me, like you can pray, but if that's your will for me, mm-hmm. have it be. And that's just one of the things that helped me to create a spiritual boundary, even because, you know, sometimes God may have really told them that. But was it really for me? And is this yeah. on me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that takes maturity to do that, because I feel like ugh, sometimes we're in a season where we desire to hear from God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever been there where you just like, I really need to hear from you. Like, I need to know what to do mm-hmm. on this. I really need it. And you just feel like, woo. If you were ever a mute before, <laughs> you, you really, like, you really aren't talking to me. <laughs> like, yeah. just tell me what I did because you're not even really speaking. <laughs> and in those times, I feel like I was so desperate to hear from God that I would, like, when I go to church, I would be like at the altar. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Um, hey, like literally crying out just to hear something from God. And in those times, I would really say we we probably need to guard our hearts the most when we're that vulnerable to hear from him because we'll take anything. There was a time when, um, so Kieran, as I was single forever, literally forever, probably 29 years. Honestly, it was 29 years. Um, so for a long time and the whole time it was desiring. And as long as I've known that there was an opposite sex, I wanted it. Like, you know, um, and so from a little girl, it was always a desire to be not only be someone's wife, but to be someone's companion. Like, you know, I wanted what my parents had. I wanted that companionship. I love Disney movies. So I always wanted the fairy tale. It, I just grew up like that. I always wanted it. Um, and so I remember it being like five um, and praying like at night, like, God, I pray that I have like my match because I used to call it like a match. Like every I thought every human had a match because Adam and Eve had a match. Y'all. Anyway, I thought that every human had a match and I would pray for my match. And um, 
So, so many years after desiring that and wanting that and then having to explain to my friends why I don't have that and have to explain to my parents why I don't have it and then have to explain to my family why I don't have it. Um, it got really draining for me. And there was a time where I really felt like God was about to bless me with it with a certain somebody, right? And I was excited and I was giddy and I was happy. And then all of a sudden, my relationship with this guy completely started to change. And I started to see that it probably wasn't going to be what I thought it was. And I was devastated. Without the title, I was devastated because I knew it was going to put me back to being in that place of longing, um, longing for more. And in that moment, I wanted to hear from God so bad. Like, no, it's going to like, that's going to be your husband. No, that's going to be your spouse. No, that's going to be more than just your friend. Um, and he never, ever said it. And I begged for it. And I, I remember my spirit was so thirsty. And this was one of, I think, one of my biggest sins to God because it became such an idol that I went to foreign gods, meaning that I definitely went to a horoscope. And that was one of my lowest moments because it's one thing if you don't know better, but I knew better. And I was just like, no, 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 maybe maybe the stars can literally tell me like, you know, and I was like, okay, when's his birthday? When's my birthday? What's this? What's that? Mm -hmm. And I, after I looked everything up, I turned off the TV and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, how did you fall like this? And I remember thinking you were so desperate to hear a yes that you took a no as God just not saying anything. Mm-hmm. And so you were willing to just go to any other God to hear that yes. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and ultimately it was it didn't work out. It was definitely a no. But that desperation for God's yes, like, you know, it, it led me into places that I feel like if I can do it again or if I was talking to my younger self, I would not want to be. And so I would tell any young Christian woman or any young Christian male or just anybody that's in that space where you want to hear a yes from God so bad, you're not hearing it. I would say not only wait on God, but that's where being content is actually really supposed to come from. Be content in his no. Mm -hmm. Be content in his not yet. It's going to hurt. I am absolutely not Mm -hmm. lying to you. I cried Mm -hmm. real adult tears over a male that I wasn't in courtship with. Like I cried real tears. I took real antidepressives over a relationship that never prospered, Mm -hmm. like real medicine. Okay. I had real diagnosis, everything. I'm not saying that it's not going to hurt you. I'm not saying that it's not going to make you feel low, but I will say God's not yet or God's no is still a form of protection and is still an answer. And we have to be okay with hearing that, you know? Yeah. 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 We've definitely been there. <laughs> we have. We have. We have. On, the on the floor. On the floor. On the floor. Like, on the floor. My mom used to say, I hope you don't go crazy. Because she was like, back in her day, she had a cousin that went crazy over a man. She never got her mind back. So this is her thing. Yeah. She like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She be so concerned. Like, when you going through, mm-hmm. parents be like, are you okay? Are you eating? Are you ever like, bro, you not helping. You not be calling every day. Every day. Every day. And then they be trying to call, like, you know, those, like, 
auntie, quote unquote, aunties or godparents, <laughs> like, hey, can you talk to her? You just check in with me. Like, I just want to cry today. Right. Listen to my music and I just want to cry today. It's a crying day. Let me cry. <laughs> Let me cry. <laughs> Let me cry. <laughs> Right. That's funny. That's funny. That's okay. Yeah, we've all been there clearly. Yes. Obviously. I I I I like to make that joke, but it's a uh that seven whole days by Tony Braxton. Girl, for a minute it was my anthem, and then I realized it was keeping me in sadness. <laughs> Girl, that, uh, 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 you could have had about anything you wanted. But you I was like, oh, you messed it up. <laughs> I had to bring yourself out. I had to bring myself and sadly, I had to bring my roommate out with me because she had got on the tip. She wasn't even going through. She just started liking the music because I was playing. I was like, eh, eh, no more Tony. No, no more Tony. Tony will bring you down. She will definitely bring you there. I love her tone, but she is depressing. Her and Mary. 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 No. Absolutely not. I'm not listening to Mary. No. No. Not when you say you can't do it. You can't do stuff like that. I'm not listening to that that song. uh, Wait, next. Hey, are you kidding me? Oh, my gosh. My biggest thing that's it was that song. I kept saying, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I was the lover and the secretary working every day of the week. I can't believe it. See, we're imprinted from childhood, and I loved that song when I was a little girl because it was yes. like, what is it? Wait to excel, right? Mm-hmm. My mom would play it, and I was mm-hmm. always like, man, you never want that to happen. I was like, dang, girl, you are the lover and the secretary working <laughs> every day of the week. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. What's yours? Yeah. We done told our songs. What's yours? <laughs> Matt, what's my song? I don't <laughs> listen to sad songs. You know, that's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's not my thing. Well, R&B, R&B has a bunch of them, though. R&B does have a bunch of them, but yeah, I'm like, when I'm going through, I'm like, I don't want to listen to that. Oh, I got the one. This one make me cry every day. Which one? We Can't Be Friends by Deborah Cox and R.L. Oh, my God. What you said, I went by mother. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, girl, I'm cry not to. You're still family. Girl, hey, don't seem fair. So can we? Okay, ratchet moment. Can we talk about when your family won't let people go? Like, let the person go. They don't let them go. Let them go. That family does not let people go. They, they don't. Your they little friend. friend. Like, Are y'all not friends? Oh, y'all gonna start back talking? Like, no, no. Families don't let them go. They don't. And I think that that's what hurts the most. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this person still here? Child. Yeah. Why are they coming? Ask about people for forever too. You be like, dang, <laughs> it's been by three, six, six months. You still ask about this person. Right. Yeah. Like, move on. <laughs> we have to move forward, people. We got to stop the best. Yeah. Literally, it's pretty crazy. Families don't let them go. They don't. They don't. <laughs> This somewhere for Holy Spirit that hurt girls real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they have to have hurt, 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 hurt girl secrets. Hurt girl secrets. Okay. Uh, what's another question on here you think we could ask D? Uh, let me get a little. 
I got invested in the conversation, Jay. I got invested. It is a good conversation because, I mean, I feel like when you are, like you said, Jada, when you are in those hurt seasons, like you really have to be spiritually discerning. Like you have to monitor everything because your spirit is just so broken, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I need to. And I'll even say this, like I, I have gotten to a point where it's like certain sermons, whatever makes me anxious, I don't care if it's Christian based or not. If it's making me anxious, I that means I don't need to be listening mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, that's real. That's you know real. What I mean? Because even, even sometimes the devil will use the word sometimes, just like mm-hmm. he did when Jesus was on the mountaintop and he was quoting Bible. Right, he was quoting scriptures. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Jesus said, God said this, then this, 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 and it's like, no, like if it's making me anxious or causing me to get out of my my spiritual space of peace, mm-hmm. I don't need to be indulging in that at this time. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. I think during that same season, like I like to listen to gospel, I really do. But mm-hmm. the gospel radio stations, I used to listen to the white ones, the black ones, I listen to all of them, but I felt like they were being I think one of the hosts, I just felt like they were being a little cliche. And I just felt like, I'm a little too hurt for this. And so I would get so mad. <laughs> I'd be like, walking faith, my foot is broken. Like, and, and I would turn it off. I would be like, I cannot deal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely get that. I would be triggered almost. Like when I felt like, mm, this is triggering. I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm like, I know during this season for me, like, I was like, I'm going to read what I feel led to read, and I'm going to listen to I had two preachers. That was it. That was it. (laughs) Two. That was it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I ain't listening to nobody else. Who are your two preachers? Um, Mike Todd. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Um, And I actually wasn't listening to his current stuff. I was going back and listening to older stuff. Because um, I didn't want to hear nothing about relationships and stuff. Oh yeah, that's his current stuff. <laughs> You're listening. Oh so, yeah, God. and then my um pastor here um at the church I go to, Reverend Doctor Gary L. Williams at Hopewell. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. That is so nice. Yeah, I love uh, Michael Todd. I do like him a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well. Um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we have hit on all the questions. Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, like we talked about some of our struggles with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we talked about things that <laughs> keep us from resting, which it sounds like it's more like some spiritual and some worldly stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. it was a mixture of both. So, yeah, I'll say, look, just to end it all off, do you have any final words or wisdoms to leave with the wisdoms? Wisdoms. <laughs> right. <laughs> to end it all off, I'll ask, do you have any final words of wisdom to leave with the real friends? Okay, let me think. Words of wisdom for you guys. Um, I would say... Stay close to the cross, like stay close to Jesus Christ. You guys really are going to have to, life is going to bring you so many ups and downs. We've talked about it on here. Like, you know, uh, we have no clue what tomorrow brings, whether that is sickness, whether that's riches, whether that's health, whether that's marriage, whether that's breakup, but whatever it is, hold on tight to what you know is true. And that's going to be God, right? Because 
with holding on to him, it, it will open up a world that is just so far bigger than what you can see from your current perspective. Um, and so give your current situation grace, honestly, give it grace. Like if you're not at the job you want to be, if you're not on the level you want to be, if you feel like your past relationships have been so stifling that you don't even really want to go back into the dating dating game. I say, no, hold on to Jesus Christ as tight as you can and jump right back in the game again dating game. Hold on to Jesus Christ as tight as you can and go back out there and search for a job. Hold on to Jesus as tight as you can and try to get your credit score up so you can get a house. Like hold on to Christ and go do scary stuff. I think through doing things that fear makes make us afraid, through doing things that sort of make us uncomfortable, I think when we do that holding on so tight, God really creates a path for us and he allows us to see things and do things and experience things that we would not have been able to do beyond our fear if we were to try to do it without him. So hold on tight, y'all, and live. Hold on tight and live. That's what I have to say. Okay, hold on tight. And live. <laughs> That's a tattoo. Yeah, you know, tattoo. Yeah, it is. Hold on, tight and live. Hold on, tight and live. That's a beautiful one. It is. Yes. Yes. That was good. Yes. Well, thank you. Look, Reverend Doctor Jada. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Yes, this has been an amazing experience. I'm so happy. We are so happy that you decided to come on. You definitely look hit some stuff home for me. Mm-hmm. So. And and I. <laughs> look, that first question, I was like, oh, let me let me gather myself. I wasn't ready. Okay. Okay. Man, that was good. I, I, think, I think no. Yeah, okay, you the second person that turned the question back on us. But it's cool. That's what it's supposed to be like. It's supposed to be, you know, a little chat. And we, you know, we appreciate look, getting asked questions too. <laughs> yes, yes. So Jada, do you want to tell the people like where they can find you if they're inspired and they just want to be like, Dr. Jada? Yes. Okay, first things first. You can find me on Instagram. Um, Y'all pray for me on Instagram. I'm not really, I really don't want to have an Instagram presence, but at the same time, I'm nosy. So (laughs) I got two pages. So you can find me on Instagram at, what's my thing? At Jada, J-A-D-A underscore Monet, M-O-N-E-E. You can also find me on Facebook. I would say my name, but it's a waste of time because I will not communicate on there. Um, but on the real, you can actually find me at Wellstar Kennesaw <laughs> Hospital. I will take care of you. <laughs> you can find me at the Wellstar GME Clinic on Concord Road. Ask about me. I'm one of the best they've ever seen. Um, please come and be my patient. And you can find me at Jackson Memorial Baptist Church every nice. Sunday. Um, I am a youth reverend there, but I'm actually a reverend to the people. Okay, so just come, yeah. pay attention, get to know your girl. But yeah, Instagram is the best way to actually get in contact with me. Um, so yeah. And as always, real friends, we'll link it in the in the show description so you can actually go follow her. <laughs> and per use, everyone, make sure that you are subscribed and you like, share, comment 
on these videos, on these comments on Instagram, Facebook. Um, make sure you share these episodes and we'll we'll try to uh we're definitely going to do some of the show notes get down in the bottom of the podcast so that you guys can kind of know some of the hot topics because the Rev brought it. Okay. She brought it. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving through her. So. Right. Yes. Right. That part. And y'all make sure y'all tune in. In two weeks, this series will be continuing. And she mentioned it, but mental health is actually the next episode. <laughs> I would definitely be and I always need a mental tip. We will have another guest for y'all, so make sure y'all tune in in two weeks. Yes, well, we love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Y'all be easy out here in these streets. Hold on to Jesus. And live. Hold on and live. Hold on and live. Bye, y'all. Bye.